Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. A late start on hour number two. What's new? Tutel and Nuanez, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Appreciate all of you being out there rolling with us through an afternoon and into an evening. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The Tutel Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen all the time, anytime. Podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call 361-3688, the phone number 361-3688. All guests join us via the Raggage Brothers RV phone line. You can text that number as well. You want to listen live, and it's just easier. You're at your home. Maybe you're out of service out somewhere else in the uh, in the country or in the wider world. 1029ESPN.com, the bearer of all things, the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You listen on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, 2618, a minute left. We'll uh, keep you updated on the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Heat, Celtics. Celtics up eight at this very moment. Uh, Coulter, we heard a little bit from Jeff Choate earlier, uh, excuse me, in the show. We had a press conference uh, earlier today just kind of talking about 
where they're at right now, kind of some of the things that they've been up to, uh, some pretty interesting things which you'll hear from uh, from Coach Choate directly on, and then also some questions as well. So let's just play some of this. and We can hear them sort of setting the table with some of the team-building, culture-building, leadership stuff that uh, that we know that Jeff Choate is about and that he's bringing to the program, and also some of the questions uh, that, that you and others had for him. So here you go. Here's Jeff Choate. This is just the introductory remarks, uh, you know, kind of setting the table for you from the head coach of the Montana State Bobcat football team. Uh, we've been staying busy. Uh, the NCAA's got us in a kind of a 12-hour model right now where um, we can do up to five hours of skill development. We can really practice with the exception of doing full 11-on-11 11 11 stuff with coaches present. So, so our kids are doing some player run stuff. We're kind of um, getting a, a, as much one-on-one time as we can with them. And then uh, and then the coaches leave and they go on and do some 11-on-11, uh, 7-on-7 some 11 11, 7 7 stuff. And then on Wednesdays, and in fact, next week, <laughs> tomorrow, we've got a really cool event with, uh, with Phil Kornichuk, an uh, organization that he has founded called Lead 406. Um, and we've engaged with him on a number of things over the last four years. I got to know Phil when he was working with the Army ROTC here at Montana State. And uh, he's a retired staff operator who uh, is a really impressive man. He's, uh, I think he retired as a lieutenant colonel. And he has a passion for developing leaders. And I think we have that in common. And we've uh, kind of worked together on some uh, some pretty cool opportunities for our kids to engage outside of football, develop their leadership skills, uh, discover maybe some of their why, and uh, and, and kind of look more in depth into uh, their purpose here beyond the white lines. And uh, we had a kind of initial um, fun event at, at Montana State a couple Wednesdays ago where we uh, put them through a series of kind of physical challenges. And uh, there were some other things, too, as a culture quiz and stuff, some stuff like that that we ranked. And it was really just to identify just kind of their resilience. Um, some of them were purely tough physical toughness events. Some of them were, um, you know, watching offensive linemen run a quarter, mile, a quarter mile is not, you know, that's not their favorite thing to do. But it was a really fun uh, opportunity for us to kind of put these guys in some different situations where they could um, show some of their strengths and then deal with some adversity as well. And tomorrow we're actually going to go up to highlight and we've got uh, – a water event and two land events that we're going to do. So water might be a little chilly, but uh, we'll do that over a three-week period of time. And, uh, you know, uh, the kind of the cornerstone of our culture is team, unit, me. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Corner, Colonel Cornichuk talks about a lot is that uh, it starts with you as an individual, but it's not about you. It's about the team. And so that first individ- event was really a, uh, an individual-oriented event. The ones that we're doing over the next three Wednesdays at Highlight – or more unit oriented, and then we'll wrap it up with some team stuff. Um, one of the unique things is it looks like the NCAA is going to adopt a model uh, uh, similar to our spring ball model, and uh, that may start as early as on Monday. I believe it's tomorrow that the football oversight committee is going to is going to vote on a proposal to allow us to have 15 practices within 34 days, and uh, that's basically the same model that we use during the spring. And so we'll know about that. That should come out tomorrow or Thursday. And uh, if we do that, then we're prepared to move forward and transition from these 12-hour weeks into a 20-hour week. And we would do three consecutive weeks, uh, five practices a week, and culminate with some kind of inter-squad scrimmage, whether people can be there or, uh, or not. That's not my call, but hopefully it's, uh, you know, as more and more high school footballs played in the area and, and, and in the state of Montana, things will start to loosen up a little bit. And that's our hope that we can have at least some fans on hand uh, for the spring game. And if nothing else, the kids' parents. So, that's kind of what's going on. So we're not just sitting around, you know, 
watching soap operas and eating bonbons. We're actually doing something and trying to improve and get better. And, uh, you know, happy to take any questions that you guys have. I mean, it's Monday Night Football and pizza, soap operas and bonbons. I'm not, it's not for me. What's so a, funny because I was bon bon? Uh, I was with our resident chick who doesn't know sports. Yeah. While we were on that Zoom, she was driving. I was on the Zoom call, coming back from the Bitterroot, and uh, I'm not kidding. Not after, but before, Jeff Choate made the comment. Carolyn had made a statement of, "Gosh, I just wish I didn't have to work so I could be a stay-at-home mom. Right now, with my kids at school, I would be watching soap operas and drinking wine." <laughs> <laughs> And then Choate drops soap operas and bonbons. Now, here's the thing. Are soap operas still on TV? I think so. Did your mom watch soap operas? Absolutely not. Oh, no. Absolutely not? Oh, man. My mom was recording the General Hospital on the Mm -mm. thing. Uh, that that the, the the soap operas were were deemed uh, uncouth in the Tutel household. <laughs> uh, so no, the uh, the thing that I'm interested in, uh, Coulter, is why am I so? I mean, what do you want I from think, me? I think those '80s and '90s soap operas are uncouth in everyone's household, but still, you had just millions of mostly women Bro, sneaking they're, away they're, and watching. They're selling soap opera digest at the whole, you know, at the <laughs> checkout at the grocery store. Like, in case you didn't get to see General Hospital this week, here's what David and Alice were up to. It's, what? When did that trend go away? Because it was like a thing all the way up until like. What does soap refer to? What's, what's a soap I, I, I opera? Don't, I don't know. I, I I always thought it was a reference to homemakers being at home and watching these while cleaning. But I don't know if that's what? necessarily the direct correlation. What? That's just what I've assumed since I was a child, but that might be a completely ignorant statement. You know, this is the thing for me. I never understood, you know, we're trying to make ends meet. Yeah. You like, thought it was ends meat? Like uh, burnt ends? Like it's like, like we ran out of food, so we just put the bones in the pot. We're trying to make ends meet. I didn't realize it's like we're trying to get to the meat. end of the month and make make it meet up. So, you know, we all have these gaps in our knowledge base. Uh, so the original sub No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay? No. No. Pete Holmes does a great bit on this where, you know, knowing, not knowing now because of you this Google know. machine is exactly no, like, you want to know. I want to I have actually, something that I don't know that I'm curious about and let it sit there for a while and be unknown in my mind. Well, it's been unknown for two more seconds because you need to know this because this actually has to do with our industry. Soap operas were originally by voice on the radio and the main sponsors of them were soap companies. Really? Yes. Soap. So uh, the ivory soap opera. Yeah. Now, so if the, you were born 100 years ago, that would have been yeah. your job as the orator of the soap opera. The, the you would have been great at it. opera part of this always sort of made sense to me because I just found it to be just this ongoing drama. Now, I, gr- I grant you they're not really singing in soap operas so much as I am aware but uh, that is a that is an interesting origin. I would have liked to have not known for a while longer, and I would have been even more aghast and amazed, and the endorphins would have washed over me, and I would have felt great joy, and now all I feel is numbness. Here's another question that Coach Choate was asked earlier today. How have you felt um, sitting there being able to watch these games and knowing that you're not going to be competing on that Saturday? Yeah, it's super frustrating. Um I really believe that the Big Sky Conference acting when they did was the right thing to do uh, because there was so much indecision. Our players have been through so much through the course of the summer. Again, we're not subsidized like Power 5 schools. A lot of these kids are working jobs. They're giving up opportunities back home to stay here and prepare for the season. And 
to get some closure, I think, was really important. So I think that was the right move at the time. Um, but I think everybody understands that there, there's no one way to do things during this. And we've got to remain pliable and flexible and adapt as the circumstances change. And I was hopeful that maybe we would do some of that as a conference. I'm a little disappointed that the Pac-12 hasn't. We're going to be we're going to follow the lead of the larger organizations in our world, right? In our, in our, our stratosphere here, you see the Ohio Valley conference and the Southland at the FCS level are playing football. Well, that's because the big 12 and the ACC and the SEC are playing football. And I think if the PAC 12 was trying to play football, the mountain West would be playing football. And if the mountain West is playing football, we're probably playing some football. I really believe there's a way for us to do it. Uh, what it's going to look like. I don't know. Uh, but we've created a lot of other problems by not pushing forward with uh, at least a, some kind of a season. And so the spring is going to be interesting. Uh, like I said, I think to more directly answer your question, it's been frustrating. You know, I mean, I know, I know the type of team that we have coming back. I know the talent that we have. I know the commitment of these guys. Uh, but right now we're not in a position to be able to go play. We haven't had enough training practice, et cetera. And so I think that at the time that was the right decision for the big sky conference. But I also think that, there should have been, and hopefully there will be some some reexamining of some of those circumstances, like you're seeing in the Big Ten, um, and even in, in some high school states. I know, like uh, there's talk about bringing bringing football back in places like Arizona, where it's going to start to come back, and in, in, in Colorado. And so, um, I think you got to make the the decision with the best information you have at the time, which I think we did. And now it's maybe time to reexamine some of those decisions. So there you go. Talking about just what we talked about before about, you know, that it was the right decision at the time, in his opinion, but might be time to reexamine it. Here's where I don't follow. Okay. Coach Show knows more about this stuff than I do. Okay. I get all that. But the idea that the Big Sky Conference isn't playing because they kind of follow the leader of the larger conferences, the the Mountain West, the Pac 12, et cetera, and it's this sort of trickle down thing. In some cases, that's certainly true. Like the cancellation of the Big Sky Conference t- basketball tournament and stuff, it was you know this. Sure, it happened in a day because everybody else went, and so then they had to go, or so they said. But on this, I don't. I just don't buy it. Like well, no, you, you, you can't you just ha- you, you go. Have, you have to buy it because the because mo- that's the whole key is the money. That, Here's no, the no, thing. No. Here's the thing. All the 15 teams of uh, that are F. CS teams that are playing this year, except North Dakota State, they're playing for one reason and one reason alone to get that FBS check. Central Arkansas decided to go all in and make themselves a schedule, and there's a couple other teams that are playing multiple games, not a full schedule, but you know, two, three, four games here. But all of it is because of the checks. And so as soon as the Pac-12 and Mountain West canceled or postponed, whatever word you want to use, and those money games went away, the Big Sky has no reason. They they do have reasons. We can talk about the reasons, but I think that's the difference, though. They lost is, the financial. Like, Mont- Montana State is going to go play at Utah. They're not just going to leave. If Utah is going to play that game, Montana State's going to go play that game. They're not going to leave six hundred fifty thousand dollars on the table. Yeah, and I get that, and I agree with that. But I felt to me like, uh, like Jeff Cho was talking about this, sort of in the context of almost like a restart, and like, hey, they're playing football down here. And by the way, the SEC, the 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 ACC, they're not playing money games, man. Like they they are not. They're playing conference only schedules, so they're not paying them out. And yet these conferences are still playing. Now there are money games involved for several a bunch of these teams. Yeah, Missouri especially State played the, money game against Oklahoma last week. The mid the mid majors and the Big Twelve is doing is doing some of these larger scheduling things. That went well, by the way, didn't it for Missouri State? Forty eight nothing with five minutes to go in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, close. Uh, in any case, I just don't. 
the Pac-12, if they were to come back or if they were going to play at all, it would have been a conference-only deal. Presumably, the Mountain West would have probably followed that same model. So I just don't understand what what the incentive would be if they were playing that now the Big Sky can play. To me, this is a lot more about the regional perception of the world than it is about, well, this conference playing, so that opens the door for us to play. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Very likely I am. Coulter, you had some good (laughs) questions for Coach Choate. Let's hear him and hear what he had to say to him. Um, One thing about on the high school football note, the fact that they are going, I mean, I think that we're, what, three weeks into high school football season. So do you think that that gives the example of how football can be played within this state's borders to maybe the powers that be that would maybe suggest or, or let you guys play in the future? Yeah, I hope so. I, I think that the longer this goes on um, and goes well, then clearly that's going to be a benefit to other people moving forward. Um, I would hope that they continue to loosen up some of the restrictions in terms of uh, allowing, and it's county by county, but allowing things to, to continue to get a little bit, uh, a few more fans here and there. I think that it's an outdoor activity uh, from everything that you read. That's, that's if you're going to do something, do it outside. That's going to be more safe for you. And people making their own decisions about where they're at in terms of their health and, and their comfort level. Um, you know, I, I, I was remarking, we're talking about the softball game. So in Gallatin County, for example, it, I think it was 300 was the limit that they would allow it at uh, Bozeman Bucks games. And, um, and so you know, they come up with a number based on the capacity of potentially of the venue, I'm guessing. And so then, then the rules change when we get to high school football. And so I'm trying to figure out how in the, when it's in the height of this in July, we could put an arbitrary number based on it, based on the occupancy of the, of the facility. And now we've got to limit it more um, when there's actually more space than there is at some of these baseball venues. And so I'm hopeful that as things continue to go well, they'll loosen that up and then that will be a, a kind of a blueprint for us and, and other college programs around the Northwest to use as we, uh, you know, as we get closer to hopefully playing some ball. I know that you and I have talked about the quality of Montana high school recruits this year. And you mentioned the fact that a lot of states, especially that you guys recruited, they're not having high school football. Do you think that prospects from Montana have a chance to be a little bit ahead because they actually are playing games right now as seniors? I think it's going to help them, um, when they get to college, for sure. I mean, that, you know, going a year without playing football is definitely going to set you back because uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a sport that you have to play to get better at. And so um, I don't know, I, and maybe I'm misinterpreting the question, I don't know that it's going to change their stock um, right. in recruiting because so many of those decisions are made well in advance. If you look at how many kids have early committed um, it's 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 significantly larger number than in a normal year. We would not have the number of commits that we have right now um, in a normal year. I don't think. I think a lot of these kids would be playing out their season. And even for the Montana kids, there was so much indecision about them having a season that that they recognized. Hey, if I know this is the university that I want to go to, I probably ought to take advantage of holding my spot here because there's no promise it's going to be there. And I think that was a wise decision. I think there's a lot of kids that uh, kind of waited too long unfortunately for them because you know, we're the same boat everybody else is nobody else is taking any kids right now you can't right because we don't know what the other end of this is well last question from me i know that there's all these ncaa rules as far as when you guys as coaches can be in contact with players how much you can work out you mentioned you know north coast day getting 20 hours a week compared to what you guys might be able to get here upcoming but the weight room portion of this, the the physical activity portion of this, there is a certain amount that the guys can do on their own, right? So, I mean, how much of it is 
self-motivated? How much, how much do you expect your players to maybe do extra workouts, extra lifting outside of what the team might be doing together? Yeah, I, well, here's my thing right now. What are we getting ready for? Right. <laughs> and so um, what I want our guys to do, and I think we've been pretty, pretty clear about this, is they get four-day weekends at Montana State. Okay? If they don't have school on Friday or Monday, they got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Go hiking, fishing, uh, float to Madison, go back home and see your – I don't care. Do whatever. Okay? Uh, I need you to be engaged on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we're going to do two days of ball and a day of, of team building, and there's going to be some condo. We have not been in the weight room since before the 4th of July. And that's by design. Okay? Um, I think our kids are going to be in shape to go play a fall ball, ball model probably better shape than if we'd have just been in the weight room because they've got functional movement. We've been practicing at least once and sometimes twice a week in terms of the skill development stuff. We've been doing a lot of running. Uh, we've been doing a lot of flipping tires. We've been doing a lot of hauling logs and uh, it may not be the traditional kind of weight training, but my goal was really to make sure that our six our, a good six week training block in the weight room was closer to the season. It didn't do me a lot of good to get a big six week training block right now and then gradually decline in our level of, uh, of, you know, of strength and size. And so I wanted to push that back as close to whatever the actual start of the season would be that, as we could. And the weather's good right now, so let's be outside anyway. So this is the Rocky Balboa training model, right? Right? A lot of tire flipping, a lot of log carrying stuff going on, and no weight training, interestingly enough. I There'll be some guys doing their own stuff. Well, sure, I think. sure there will be. But you know, you have your you have your twelve hours, and so you decide. Well, what are we going to do with it? Okay, give me three days a week. Lock in for these three days. We're gonna we're gonna work. We're gonna do the football deal and get that you know as dialed in as we can. And the, I thought the words that he used there that, that stood out to me were functional movement. Right, the stuff where between conditioning. And and sort of staying loose and limber because look, it is possible, right, to lift yourself out of football in a certain way, right? Like you, I disagree, get, but that's that's I'm not a strength coach. What do you mean you disagree? I think the number one thing that's impacted the game in a negative fashion is the lack of priority on Olympic lifting and the lack of priority of just being the straight up strongest team on the field. Man, that is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. But you say. here's the thing, though: there's all this prioritization on functional movement. Yet there's not any less muscle pulls and ligament tears. None. In fact, there's more. Want to know why? Because the game's faster, it's played on turf, and guys aren't ready for it because they don't hit as much or lift as hard. My point, my point isn't about necessarily the the you know ability to avoid injuries of those sorts. My thought is your just ability to move. You are inherently slower. And more uh, 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 static, let, you know, less flexible in terms of getting from A to B. Depends if on how all you're doing is just lifting it up all depends day. Depends on day. How, what kind of lifting you're doing. If you're doing Olympic style lifting, you will get bigger, stronger, and faster. Power cleans make you more explosive. They make you have better functional movement. That's what the strength coaches at the University of Montana taught for 20 years. And those guys weren't getting slower while still getting bigger. They were, in fact, getting faster. There, there's no question that up to a point lifting weights is just completely beneficial and you have to do it and it's a, as he said we we're going to use the six weeks leading up to the system to you know maximize the weight training portion of this thing i'm not saying that but what i am saying is well if we're just going to lift six days a week and then do that for a year and then show up and expect that we're going to be able to no you gotta have get off training of, for sure exactly that's but what I'm i just saying. i just think that this is, i don't know man I, I have a lot of opinions on this but the fact of the matter is yes 
there's a there's a bunch of reasons why that there's one former Montana and Montana State guy total in the NFL. But I think one of them is the lack of priority on the weight room, man. You, you can't go your – I know it's not all about bench press or whatever, but you can't go your pro day and not do 20, 25 reps. You can't. Yeah. You can't do it. And I think that that's a – it's an indicator of just the way things have changed. And I, I know that there's pluses too. What you're saying is right. And I'm not saying you just sit there and you just bench and squat till you're dead. No. Functional movement, functional training is all good. I just think that the fact that they don't lift – so hard all the time is an, it's an interesting factor because it's definitely increased the speed of the game. It's catered to the high scoring element of the game, but I just don't think it's better for the game by and large. It's two tell nuanas one of two nine ESPN radio Eastern Conference Finals game one. It's all square forty four apiece four minutes to go in the first half. Boston was up double digits early in this game, but the Heat have come back and uh, knotted this thing up at 44 apiece. We'll take a quick break, and we'll talk more about this game uh, in real time before we send you out to the bubble for the second half of it. Coulter, people need a bank. People need an ATM, and it's in time for a new way to get money to do the banking from Trail West Bank. Live from Trail West Bank, it's like a virtual ATM for you. You can pull right up to it, and you'll have all sorts of different options. You can use it as an ATM. You can use it to make deposits. You can use it to check your balances. Uh, it's a new and innovative thing that Trail West Bank has got going on. It's going to help keep you safe during these uh, strange pandemic times, but also just add to the convenience of your banking life. So no matter where you're at around Western Montana, go check out Live Trail West Bank. There is a Trail West Bank near you. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT, your pertinent Twitter handles. Coulter, it was the Celtics early. It's the heat of late, 52-46 to score. Two minutes to go in the first half of the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, the uh, heat up six points here as they play. Actually, Check that. Make it three as Boston, excuse me, as Boston just buried a three ball. So a good game, a game of a couple of little runs here. Let's talk about these Eastern Conference finals because we are going to send the, the good folks out to the bubble for the second half of this game. And then obviously we'll get into game seven a little bit. But when you look at Heat Celtics, not necessarily the matchup we expected. Uh, Toronto not in it. The Bucks not in it. But this is, I think, a compelling finals. I think it is. Mo- by most accounts, they would say the right two teams if there's, you know, if I can borrow from our soccer friends, uh, some parlance there, the right two teams are playing in this uh, conference championship. Mm-hmm. These are two teams that 
seem to me to like to kind of go about it in some of the similar ways. I mean, they're they're guard. Two of the best coach teams in the league, certainly. Very well coached, guard oriented, defensive yeah, types of teams. I, I would say Brad. They're both guard oriented coaches. That's true. Mm-hmm. Brad Stevens runs such a point guard oriented system. That's mm. the decision the Celtics need to make moving forward. Because it's Brad Stevens has proven that it doesn't matter who's playing point guard for him. He's going to make him into an all NBA type producer. Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. Those guys are all three all league talents anyways. But Brad Stevens, he runs the whole thing through the point guard. But that's the decision they have to make because I think their best player, and he's proved it during this playoffs so far, is Jason Tatum. And I think that's the decision they need to make. But you're right. No question. The two, two guard-oriented teams coached by two exceptional coaches. So what do you expect? I mean, do you think a long series out of this? Absolutely. I do, too. I, I, think, I, think, I always am analyzing this stuff from the, the broad and long-term narrative of the league itself. I think the league is so awesome because what we love about sports, what we love about uh, the, the anointment of young men becoming men, that's what we love about college football, right? It's one of the last great proving grounds for young men. The NBA is such an amazing proving ground because it sh- it puts on full display that no matter how gifted you are, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how hyped you are, no matter how talented you are, you will hit a wall. You will be humbled. LeBron James is one of the great prodigies in human history. He got smashed in the playoffs multiple years in a row before he then basically had to go superhuman mode to, to lift the Cavs over the Detroit Pistons. And, but even then, LeBron has lost in the pinnacle moments yeah. of his career more than he's won, but that's the case for almost everybody besides Michael Jordan. You always have to hit this wall. Kevin Durant had to lose in the finals before he could reach the mountaintop. Many great players never even get to that point. They never even get that shot. What I'm getting at here, though, is... I think that the Heat and the Celtics are in the position that they're in because they had more guys that knew how to navigate the path to this place than the teams that they played. The mm. Bucks just weren't ready, even though Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the league. And with Kawhi Leonard in the league now, it's hard to even give Giannis that title. He's the best regular season player in the league the last two years, but we're always reminded of who steps up to the plate during the playoffs. But the Celtics, although they're a young team, they've got guys that have pushed to this point before. Jimmy Butler is on this crusade, basically, to redefine his career and remind everybody else that he's still one of the best players in the NBA. And then you got some veteran support there. But also, I think that there's been guys on the Heat that have blossomed, too. But what I expect in this series is this: the Heat win with acumen, chemistry, but more than anything, toughness. And that stems from Pat Riley. This looks like a Pat Riley team to me, and that makes sense. The Celtics, they win with similar elements, but it's not quite as based on toughness, even though I think they got the toughest player in the Eastern Conference in Marcus Smart. What I expect, though, is that Miami is going is to call them out. Bring it. Can you raise to our level of toughness? Jimmy Butler, is he's half crazy, man, yeah. and that's the best part about him. He can get in anybody's head. Fellow superstars... In Jimmy Butler's mind, he's the alpha, and that's what gives him an advantage because he has such crazy, irrational confidence, and he's such a great leader in that element. So I think the Heat are going to challenge the Celtics. If the Celtics can match, the Celtics are a more talented team. But as we saw, the Heat just came out swinging against the Bucs, and they just backed him into a corner, and Milwaukee could never punch their way out of the corner. They just couldn't. The last four made shots of the first half were all three-pointers, three of them by Boston, one by the Miami Heat, and in so doing, the Celtics, 
evened it up. 55 apiece at the break uh, as we've just gone to halftime. You wonder uh, what I love the about these two the teams being in the Eastern Conference Finals? We saw in the so much of the NBA has evolved into minute management, player management, not not emptying the tank too early. LeBron James has basically been the pioneer of showing people how load management works. Because of that, though, as we said, in seven game series, so often you'll see a team just really be red hot, and the other team just says, "Okay, we'll play with you for a minute, but we're going to shut it down," and then it turns into a blowout. And we've seen. Series against competitive, not that far off in terms of talent teams, become these game these multiple games for the first five games of the series that are thirty point games. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about these two teams being in the Eastern Conference Finals is one, both of them are young; two, both of them are so well coached that they're not going to fold up shop. Brad Stevens doesn't have it in him to stop coaching, and Spolster, Eric Spolster has been this underrated, overlooked coach for his whole career. So they don't let their teams quit. I think it's going to be very appealing. Like If we get LA-LA, those two teams, they're playing for game six and seven, period. They're not going to empty the tank trying to make a statement in game one. Whereas these two teams, they know that this is an important game one, so they're going to keep swinging back at each other. Uh, Gordon Dragic leading all scores was 16. Crowder has 10. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 9 for the Miami Heat. Jason Tatum leading the Celtics with 15. Three players, though, in double figures. Uh, Marcus Smart has uh, 13. Jalen Brown has 10. Brown was one of seven uh, and uh, had like two points and then hit a couple from the free throw line and buried a couple threes to get 10 points. Kemba Walker, though, one bucket. He's one of seven in this game, 0 from 4 from deep for, uh, for the Celtics. I got to ask you. I want to ask you something. Okay. Jason Tatum in Game Seven against the Toronto Raptors had twenty nine points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. Okay. That's the second Game Seven that he has performed exceptionally well in to send his team to the Conference Finals in his three seasons in the NBA. There's only two players in the history of the league before their twenty third birthday to score at least 29 points and have at least seven assists in a game seven of the NBA playoffs at any round, let alone the conference semifinals to take you to the conference finals, Kobe Bryant and Jason Tatum. This last season, Jason Tatum averaged 24.4 points per game. He also averaged seven rebounds per game. I think he's one of the smoothest, most beautiful players on planet earth. I think he is absolutely one of the five best players in the NBA under the age of 25. So my question for you is, I know that internally in the NBA and anybody that watches the Celtics, they appreciate Jason Tatum's talent, but he does not have this hype or this star anointment that some other guys, I mean, like right now, Luka Doncic deserves all the hype he's getting, but there's a variety of other guys in the league that are getting more hype than Jason Tatum. Why do you think that is? Why why has Jason Tatum not been arrived at least on the precipice of that ledge that guys get to where you're this burgeoning blossoming superstar well first of all he's he's underrated as good as great as he is and people recognize that he's great why do you think why is that he's underrated though because to me for a common basketball fan people that don't really analyze the nuances of the game there's no more pleasant player to watch in the entire league he has everything honestly i think that is part of the the issue because he's not this explosive ferocious guy there's westbrook there's not, not the thing for him it's not the it's not the Un, I've never seen this three-pointer made before. Like, he hit another open three, and you don't analyze, well, why was he open again? You know, you just go, like Steph Curry, when he's bombing away from 31 feet, coming off, uh, you know, a behind-the-back dribble, your your jaw hits the floor, well, and said, it should. Steph Curry has such a magnetic personality, too. Totally. But here's the thing is, Jason Tatum, he's not, you know, 
he's not bigger than everybody else. He's he's a phenomenal athlete, but he uh, you know by NBA standards, he's he's a good to gr- you know very good athlete, but yeah. he's not just you don't go whoa look at the vertical leap. You, it's 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 the whole package, and it comes so easy that it's deceptive how good he is. Here, here's a parallel for you. I don't think that Paul George has ever become truly a superstar, but he has been on that precipice multiple times. In Indiana, before he broke his leg, then he has the great comeback, and he has his best season of his career last year at the Oklahoma City Thunder. He finished third in the MVP voting a year ago. And I know he was taking big heat early in this playoffs, but then he's been better lately. But he still never crossed that threshold of being that true you know, first or second team all-NBA superstar. But he's been hovering in this this the teens of the best players in the league, right? Jason Tatum right now at 22 years old is better than Paul George has ever been. And people still know Paul George more and talk about Paul George, what he was, is, and could be more than Jason Tatum. I just find it very fascinating. Here's here's the the the, the super uh, human ability that I think Jason Tatum has. And that is, you pointed this out already, is his performance in Game 7s. He is um, he is exactly what you would ever build to have a clutch performer. When you talk about his just his his uh, uh, not persona, but the but he doesn't his, have one. That's his the calm, yeah. his his clutch, his moxie, but but his also ruthless confidence. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and he knows that he's going to be great today. And I think he thinks that every single day, but also he doesn't, there's, there's not all of a sudden a shift of a, oh man, I'm in a game seven. How's it going to go? And there's also not the other shift that this is game seven and this is where I go to dominate. It's just, nope, I'm going to come out here and do what I do again. If I may make a ridiculous analogy, it's sort of like Brooks Kapka in majors, the way that he just walks the course and hammers the ball and does what he does. And then you look up and he was the best you know, the best player out there. And I think that it's unbelievable. And I also think that Brad Stevens is the exact right coach for him because he reminds me exactly of Brad Stevens. Although ironically, the one thing that you could ever find a knock on Brad Stevens, and I certainly don't have this myself, but I understand the whispers of, okay, he's done it, but what does he want? He got the back-to-back championships with Butler, but they didn't win the thing. He's been in the finals. He's been in the conference finals with the Celtics, but they haven't won a ring with Brad Stevens. Does he have this thing? That is asinine to me, completely asinine, but uh, that is the one knock that people have. That said, Brad Stevens is among, if not the sort of calmest, most even coach, but who's also you know very obviously engaged and into it but he's not losing his mind stamping up and down you know the 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 sidelines doing the uh you know the 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 uh swearing okay i can't think of the <laughs> good words for it yeah, yeah. at the referees and everything sure. else you for know sure. so i think that they're i think they're kind of a perfect match for each other i just think it's gonna be so fascinating to see how his career evolves because i think that people have finally embraced Kawhi Leonard's lack of charisma, his lack of wanting it to be about his brand, like so many of these other guys, they finally embraced it. But I think people still think Kawhi Leonard's weird. There's the LeBron James, Steph Curry model of becoming a superstar where you're just gregarious and you're having so much fun and you're so talented, you make it look so easy. 
There's the James Harden, I'm coming straight downhill at you. There's the Russell Westbrook, who's the caged animal. There's the Jimmy Butler, I got a chip on my shoulder. Damian Lillard has a little bit of that, too. Tatum has none of those things. and So I think it's going to be so interesting to see how he defines himself because Mm -hmm. there's really no one like him in the league right now. And I think that's a good thing. I think that if people start to watch, my personal opinion is I think Jason Tatum is one of the, the best assets in the entire NBA. And if I was the Celtics, that's who I would build around. Well, and I think I think they're gonna. I mean, I think they are. I think they recognize in Boston how how good he is. Two Tell Nuan is one of two ninety ESPN Radio. Some Monday Night Football reaction to finish up next. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, great to be with you. Missed anything in the show? Listen on the podcast, Two Tell Nuanas podcast. Available all the time on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. Appreciate that. Podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. So Grizz Greats, the 1995 National Championship, the Silver Anniversary podcast series has started. And uh, the first several episodes are up now, so you can go check those out as well. Uh, 55-55, again, halftime for you of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. As soon as we're done here in just a couple of minutes, we will send you out to the bubble for uh, the second half of this game. Per our conversation earlier, yes, soap operas. General, oh. General Hospital has been on television since 1963, making it the longest-running television show in the history of America. Is that right? Imagine writing a show. That has been on television that for almost... That your own actual life. <laughs> exactly. It's been on TV for almost 60 years. That is crazy, man. Imagine you know? just the storyboarding that goes on. I mean, when you're just like, well, what can we do that's different? How can we take the romance on this turn? Like, how many inner hospital affairs can you possibly write about? Well, hundreds. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Coulter, last night, uh, we talked a little bit about Tennessee-Denver... Uh, we did not touch on Pittsburgh, New York. Here's my thoughts on 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 Pittsburgh and New York. Pittsburgh is uh, they're going to be okay. Uh, they are great on defense. I thought they're very very good, which is not a surprise, but they they showed it. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was a little different yesterday. He, he first of all he was a little rusty. You could see that, but then came out. But I also like. He, he looked like more engaged and happy and sort of a... I wonder why. ...than I, I've ever seen. Yeah, maybe because the prima donna crazy guy who's making videos in the locker room is not there anymore. I mean, I guess. Maybe because of the guy who was holding out to, yeah. to put the franchise on ransom is not there anymore. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. The Giants... I mean, no one was picking the Giants, but... You can't be that bad on the offensive line, and 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 and, well, and you also can't be scared and play quarterback in the NFL, aka Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. Daniel Jones lost that game for him last night because he got scared in the red zone and turned the ball over twice. He got his 
arm hit throwing a football right, and it he went was up scared in the- because he doesn't have the composure to just throw the thing out of bounds. That's- Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.